You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. Hey friends, and welcome to episode 88 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today we are talking about pill bugs, otherwise known as roly-polies. Some people call them sow bugs, and there's a couple other different names that we'll get into. But you might be sitting there thinking, why are we spending an entire episode talking about pill bugs or roly-polies, whatever you want to call them? Honestly, it's because it took me a while of being a gardener before I realized kind of their role in the garden and that they were both a helpful presence and they could also be a little bit of a nuisance. So I'm going to be going over both of those things, how they're helpful in the garden, how they can be a nuisance, kind of the difference between the different species, so you're calling them by the right name, And then also what you can do to control them in the garden if they do kind of start to get a little bit out of hand for you. So that's what we're going over today. But first, a word from our sponsor. When it comes to bugs, pill bugs are about as cute as it gets. But when it comes to pill bugs in the garden... Mm, let's just say that if there was a Facebook relationship status between gardeners and pill bugs, it would be, it's complicated. Because like just about any insect, pill bugs have their pros and cons. Actually, pill bugs aren't really an insect, but we're going to get to that here in a second. You know, even mosquitoes have their, their uses. They feed birds and other beneficial insects. Um, even though they're a nuisance to us, they, they do have their place in the ecosystem. But, you know, before we go into the beneficial roles and potential nuisances in the garden for pill bugs, let's talk about what a pill bug is, because they're really, honestly, kind of cool. So pill bugs versus roly-polies versus sow bugs and whatever you, you may call them in your little corner of the world. When it comes to those first three names specifically, they're often used interchangeably, but even though they're related... They're, one of them at least, is a little bit different. You know, that that old song, you know, one of these things is not like the others. So pill bugs and roly-polies. However you want to spell roly-poly. I looked it up. I tried to Google it. I tried to find a common spelling for it. There there doesn't really seem to be an agreed upon spelling for roly-poly, but you know it when I say it, what I'm talking about. They're those tiny little creatures. They look like little armadillos. And it's funny because the scientific name for them is Armadillidium vulgare. Um, That's the Latin name, the scientific name for them. So armadillo, you know, is actually the the root of of the name or armadilli, which I imagine, you know, means something like shield or armor in Latin. and, And that's why they kind of have a really similar base name because their body is sort of made up of those sort of shielded segments. But the pill bug slash roly-poly has that infamous ability to roll up into a protective ball when it's surprised or threatened, 
which makes them really pretty adorable. And it's why we all love them, and it's why we played with them as children, hopefully gently. Sow bugs, on the other hand, they are a different species altogether. They are not the same thing as a pill bug slash roly-poly. They're, they're different in a few key ways. One, they have a little sort of fork or appendage on their rear ends. It's not a stinger. It can't hurt you, so don't worry. Think of it as an accessory. Two, they can't roll up into a little ball, which is really sad. Three, they're kind of flatter. They look sort of like the trilobite fossils you may have studied in, like, fifth grade science class. And lastly, sow bugs also have two sets of antennae, although... The second set is smaller and a little bit more difficult to spot. But honestly, that's where the differences between those two things ends, between pill bugs and sow bugs. Both of them are not actually insects. They're actually isopods. You know what else are isopods? Crustaceans, like lobster and shrimp. That's right, pill bugs and sow bugs are like little land crustaceans. In fact, they're the only crustaceans, isopods, that have evolved to live completely on land. You know, we have things like crayfish that live in rivers and streams. They, they have to spend, you know, a significant part of their lives in water. Pill bugs and sow bugs don't. But because they originated as isopods, they seek out cool, damp, dark places. They need a lot of humidity. They need a lot of, you know, dampness, water, so they can live on land, but they will die in really dry, warm conditions. So it's really interesting. You can see what they evolved from by sort of the conditions that are that are optimal for them. Here are a few other things they have in common. Both of them are omnivores. They feed mostly on decaying plant and even animal matter. Notice I said mostly, and we'll get back to that. Two, the female of both species has a marsupial pouch on her underside in which she can carry up to 200 eggs or immature young, which is crazy to me. Both have bodies that are separated into segments. Both are nocturnal. Both are also commonly called wood lice. You know, the, the singular of that is wood louse. In Australia, they're called slaters. And some people call them doodle bugs, apparently. I don't know where. I did a little digging. I couldn't find where. If I had to guess, I would say that is, that is a nickname from the southern U.S., but I, I can't guarantee that. So let's talk about the pros and cons. Why pill bugs or sow bugs, either one of them, can be a good thing in the garden. Because pill bugs and sow bugs break down decaying organic matter, both plant and animal, remember, they actually do a lot to help make nutrients more available for our growing fruit, vegetable, herb, and flower plants to take up and use. They are part of that whole army of you know, friendly bacteria, fungi, nematodes, arthropods, insects, and earthworms, you know, and now add on to that, isopods, that turn over the soil, that add more nutrients to it, that, that break down larger pieces of organic matter and, and turn it into kind of bite-sized bits of nutrients that our plants can, can take up through the roots and use. Without creatures like pill bugs, it would take a lot longer for decaying matter to break down, and it would actually pile up shockingly fast and probably, you know, smell really bad in the meantime. So 
They're really useful. Also, the shells of pill bugs and sow bugs provide an important source of calcium for beneficial insects like spiders, uh, as well as our flying friends, birds, which, as you know, are really important for spreading seeds um, in, and even in some instances, pollination. So those are the ways that pill bugs and sow bugs can be a really good thing in the garden. In my experience, there's only one bad thing about pill bugs in the garden. Remember when I said pill bugs and sow bugs eat mostly dead or decaying plant matter and, and animal matter. Well, that mostly part is especially critical when it comes to transplanting seedlings or sowing seeds. Pill bugs and sow bugs both will eat newly transplanted seedlings. Why is that? Well, because they're juicy and tender and full of water, like those little isopods crave, right? They crave moisture. So in addition to hiding out in cool, damp places, they also like to eat cool, damp things that are tender, easy to chew, easy to chomp into. And so, so they'll actually eat your newly transplanted seedlings. They will also eat your newly sprouted seeds that you sowed directly into the garden soil for the exact same reason, because they're really juicy, because they're really easy to chew. As your seedlings grow and get woodier and tougher to bite into or digest and kind of like drier on the outside, pill bugs and sow bugs will completely lose interest or their damage will be so minimal it won't affect the plant. So they're not a problem to mature plants. They're not a long-term problem. It's really just in those early, early stages that are really critical stages, unfortunately, of a plant's life that pill bugs and sow bugs can be a problem. How do you know if you have a pill bug problem? Well, so there's a few telltale signs that that kind of show that you've got a pill bug or sow bug problem in your garden that probably needs to be remediated in some way, shape, or form. So the first telltale sign is that you see seedling damage, but you don't see any insects on them during the day, and you know rabbits aren't the issue. Like I said, pill bugs and sow bugs are nocturnal. They hide from the sun because they get hot and they dry out too fast. If you suspect they're eating your plants, make an early morning or nighttime visit and see what you discover. I have several times, you know, I, I either with a flashlight or with a black light have gone out to the garden, you know, to see what is chewing on plants. And I've actually discovered pill bugs on my plants in the dead of night. So it is something that happens. You know, you'll get all these articles that says, oh, pill bugs don't do that. They do. I found them. <laughs> So that's the first sign to look for. Sign number two, you find pill bugs or sow bugs hiding at the base of your newly transplanted seedlings or sprouted seeds during the day. So because they're nocturnal, because they need to hide from the heat and the dry air, they burrow under the mulch and the soil where they'll stay nice and cool until the sun goes down. Once it does, they'll climb up right up onto your plants. Um, so I have an image in the sister post for this episode, which you can get to via the link in the show notes. But in that image, you can see at least three little pill bugs just chilling out at the base of my broccoli seedling, which the day before they had honestly done a decent amount of damage to on the leaves, you can see. So, you know, 
that's another thing to look for is if you see seedling damage and you don't want to wait till that night, just do a little bit of exploring, gentle exploring, um, at the base of your plant with your fingertips. And if you uncover any little pill bugs or sow bugs or, you know, wood lice down there, that's probably your culprit. Sign number three, you saw seeds sprout and come up like you went out there yesterday seeds had sprouted that you directly sowed into your garden you were super excited they were they were sprouting today they're gone unless you've got a rabbit problem this is most likely the work of pill bugs or sow bugs in my experience every once in a while it can be caterpillars but this early in the season you know we're talking it's it's still march in March, you're not going to have any caterpillars in March, at least not in the Northern Hemisphere. Those don't really start to appear until May or June. That's just not the life cycle of, of that insect. So most likely it's going to be pill bugs that have come out of the earth as, as things have thawed and they've, they've chewed up your directly sown seeds. So, you know, and if it was something like a squirrel, you would see digging or something like that. So if it's not rabbits, it's not squirrels, can't be caterpillars yet, it's probably pill bugs and a lot of pill bugs at that. So what can you do to stop pill bugs in the garden? So this, this is the question right here, because I honestly don't believe that, you know, you should kill pill bugs unless you are desperate, unless it's really out of hand, because they do play an important role in the soil ecosystem. So I think it's important to use organic methods for controlling pill bugs and sow bugs in the garden. Number one, maybe don't build your raised beds or use containers that are made out of wood. They're commonly known as wood lice for a reason, y'all. I mean, like, they're attracted by the dampness of the wood, how it stays damp for days. During the winter, they'll, you know, they'll burrow down into the soil against the insulation of the wood to stay protected. I built my raised beds out of wood anyway for various reasons, so of course I have a pill bug problem every year. And that means I have to do one or more of the following, but... If you're considering building raised beds and you're worried about something like this, make sure you check out all your different options. You may build your raised beds out of wood anyway, just like I did, because you decide that the pros and cons, you know, are kind of worth it. But just know that that might be something that you're dealing with. So because I built my raised beds out of wood, I do have a pill bug problem every single year in every single one of my eight raised beds. What do I do? Well, my first option is to pick them out of the raised bed or suck them up with a handheld vacuum, yes, really, and then relocate them. If you have the patience, you can handpick these guys from around the base of your seedlings and along the edges of your beds when you find them. If there's too many of them to handpick and, and you know, trying to handpick them would be a losing battle, get a dust buster. I don't, I don't think it really goes under that name anymore. Use a handheld vacuum and suck those little dudes up. A handheld vac is going to be way less powerful. You know, don't get like a shop vac out there or, you know, anything that has a label on it. This is like cyclone power or whatever. You want something, if our goal is to not kill them, you want something that's pretty gentle. And a handheld vac is going to be fairly gentle. It's going to be way less powerful, meaning there's less risk of, of harming the pill bugs or sow bugs you remove. Their armored shells that serve to keep their insides cool 
also protect them from getting bumped around and, and getting injured when they get bumped around. So you don't have to feel, as long as you're using something that's kind of lower powered, like a hand vac, you don't have to feel too bad about vacuuming them up. Once you've collected them, you know, obviously don't leave them in there. They would starve and they would die. Once you've collected them, whether you handpick them or you suck them up, take them to a part of your property where it's cool and damp, like under a pile of leaves. That would be great. Or just some soil under some trees where there's shade and, and rehome them. So think about their preferred environment, cool and damp. Find an environment on your property that's not around your seedlings that fits that description and kind of just tip them out of the bin there and give them a new home. If you don't want to do that, if you don't have time for it, if you don't have the patience for it, I'm not here to judge you. I, I have done these next two things, so I'm the last person who can judge you. You can use an organic pest control option. There are actually a few things out there that work most sort of contact pesticides, inorganic pesticides, don't really work on pill bugs or sow bugs because they have like that, that shell, you know, and it's really hard to permeate. So a lot of sort of chemical insecticides won't really work. There is an organic pest control uh, option called Sluggo Plus. So there's Sluggo, which is the original substance, which only works on slugs. That's it. And then Sluggo Plus, which works on slugs and caterpillars and also pill bugs and sow bugs. It's safe for people and pets and it's OMRI listed, which means it basically breaks down into fertilizer once it's degraded past the point that it's no longer effective due to rain or exposure outside, that sort of thing. So it's it's safe for you. It is, it is organic. I use it for my slugs and my pill bugs when things get out of control, but I only use it in targeted applications and in minimal amounts. I do not spread it everywhere. I put it in, you know, a little a little ring around my seedlings. I put it along a row of newly sown seed. If I've directly sown seed in the garden, you know, I'll sprinkle some around there. So that is an organic pest control option. There's a second pest control option, and I've talked a little bit about it on here before, and that is diatomaceous earth. I have a whole blog post on beandbasil.com about how diatomaceous earth, otherwise known as DE, works. If you've never heard of it, but basically as the bugs, including pill bugs or sow bugs, crawl over it, the diatomaceous earth creates tiny little microscopic abrasions on their undersides. And this causes them to desiccate, otherwise known as dry out and, and die, you know, especially because pill bugs and sow bugs are, are prone to dying when they, you know, dry out and, and get in hot, warm conditions. They are especially vulnerable to diatomaceous earth. Again, I only use diatomaceous earth in very targeted and minimal amounts. I sprinkle it in a circle around the base of seedlings and along a row of newly sown seed. I do try to make sure I apply it sparingly because I'd rather not kill any more pill bugs or sow bugs than I need to in order to keep those seedlings safe. And once those seedlings have reached a point of growth that the pill bugs are no longer interested in them anymore, I kind of just let the pill bugs do their thing for the rest of the year. So those are 
are a few different ways that that you can kind of control pill bugs in the in the garden. You know, one consider what you're building your raised beds out of if you if you do have raised beds. If you don't have raised beds, if you have in-ground garden beds, I would say just kind of watch the amount of sort of piled up debris like leaves and things like that that you have nearby. Obviously your mulch is just you need mulch so there's not really a whole lot you can do about that whether it's straw or hardwood if that happens to attract pill bugs that's you know could be a potential problem number two if you do have a problem pick them off or suck them up and then relocate them and then three and four using pest control options like Sluggo Plus or Diatomaceous Earth Um, I do have links to both of those products Amazon links on my on the sister post for this episode, again, which you can find the link to in the show notes, I do earn a little bit of a commission on things like that at no extra cost to you. Just want to be transparent about that, that I do earn a commission from those things. It kind of just helps go to support the blog, support the podcast. And those are actually things that I use, I have used, and I, I recommend. So those link to those things are out there. But bottom line, Pill bugs and sow bugs are completely harmless. They can be a good thing to have in your garden. It's just if they get out of hand and they start to attack your new seedlings, you might need to do a few proactive things to help keep them under control with, you know, a careful eye, a little hand picking, and if needed, an organic pest control option. So that is the story on a not often considered potential pest in the garden. And now you know how to deal with them. And why they're also kind of good for your garden. In the next episode, I am going to be talking about what to do with extra seedlings. If you're like me, and I do this every year. I tell myself I don't need to do it, but I do it anyway. Because I'm the type of person who likes to hedge their bets. If you're like me, and you know you need, say, eight broccoli plants in your garden. And you end up with like 12 broccoli seedlings because you oversowed because you wanted to make sure that you ended up with eight. Uh, you have extra seedlings and you don't have room for them all in your garden. So what do you do? What do you do with the extra seedlings? You don't want to like just toss them in the compost, right? You spend all that time and effort and materials raising them. I'm going to be talking through... A few different ideas that I have for what to do with extra seedlings in the next episode. But until then, thank you as always so very much for listening. Thank you for the kind words that you have been leaving in your reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one of them and I so very much appreciate it. I so love hearing just how inspired and how much more confident it's helping you to feel explaining sort of all these beginner gardening concepts in as much detail as I do. Sometimes I worry I go into a little too much detail, but I'm happy to hear that it is helpful for all of you. So thank you. And of course, if you haven't had a chance to leave a review, please head on over to your podcatcher of choice. And, you know, even if it's just clicking clicking the stars, you don't even have to write a review. Just clicking however many stars you feel like the podcast is worth just helps people find the podcast, helps people know that it's worth 
their listening time and that you enjoy it. So thanks so much, guys. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.